mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. And, you know, just every now and then I, I read this verse on Sunday mornings. Of course, I read this verse on my own, too, as well. Uh, but the thing that I like about it, especially the first three words there, verse 8, the Lord is. And so these next uh, adjectives are describing who the Lord is, not describing just what he does, but who he is. Amen. And so the Lord is gracious and he is full of compassion. He is slow to anger and he is of great mercy and he is good to all. Amen. So if he's good to all, would you be included in the all? Well, then you'd be included in the all. Amen. So that means he's good to you. Amen. Uh, and of course, I hear people accuse the Lord of not being good to them. Then the Lord, in order for him not to be good to them, he would have to violate his word. Amen. And I don't think the Lord's going to violate his word. And just and so and, and the last thing is his tender mercies. So not just mercies, but tender mercies, right, uh, are over all his works. Are we his work? The Bible says that we are his workmanship. Amen. Credit in Christ Jesus unto good works. And, and so his tender mercies are over us. If we're his works, then, then his tender mercies over us. Amen. Uh, and so I just like those two verses because it really gives me some insight of who the Lord is. He's gracious, full of compassion. Amen. You know, some people on a rare occasion will be compassionate, right? Well, they're not full of compassion. You know, they will be compassionate on occasion, but he is full of compassion and he's slow to anger. Of course, that tells us that uh, he, he uh, is not without anger sometimes, uh, but it's really slow. Amen. Uh, and so don't make the Lord angry. You know, you won't like him when he's angry, right? I hear I hear phrases like that, you know, in other TV shows. But uh, but he is slow to anger. Amen. Uh, and so uh, that means, it, you know, he's not touchy. You know, some people, they're so touchy, you just never know. You can't you can't do anything, say anything around them. They get angry at the drop of a hat uh, and, um, uh, you know, just just drive slow in the fast lane. And we'll see, you know, how that works out for you if I'm driving. Right. Uh, and um, uh, but the Lord is not that way. He is slow to anger. Uh, and he's of great mercy. Amen. So not just a little bit of mercy, not just barely get by mercy, but great mercy. Amen. That's who the Lord is. Uh, and it's good to read verses like this because we want to dispel any thoughts. And, and what we have to do is in our own lives, if we think that, you know, the Lord is doing this, the Lord's not being good to me, or the Lord's this, we need to confront those, those thoughts with the Word of God. Does that line up with the Word of God? You know, if the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, well, you know, the Lord wanted me to be sick. Well, would a God who is gracious and full of compassion and who is good to all uh, and his tender mercies over all his works, would a God like that want you to be sick? You know, is there anything that lines up uh, with your thoughts of God wanting you to be sick with these two verses? Well, no. So the conclusion would have to be either these verses are not true, which if you come to that conclusion, we've got other problems to deal with, right? Uh, or... Uh, your thoughts of what's going on are not correct. And, and so we should use the Word of God to correct our thoughts, especially thoughts about the Lord, about who He is. Amen? We should use the Word of God to, uh, to allow the Word to reveal to us who the Lord is and then use that to dispel any thoughts we have that would be contrary to who the Lord is. Amen? And it's to our advantage to do that. And it should be a normal uh, and active part of your life that you that you correct your thinking about who the Lord is based upon what the Word of God says He is. Amen? Not just, uh, you know, there's so much philosophy in the church about who God is and what He does, and yet uh, a big portion of that is just completely unbiblical, right? That God's putting sickness and disease on you. God's tempting you with sin and things like that. Uh, and, of course, those things are, should be dispelled and can be easily dispelled from the Word of God. Amen? So is the Lord gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy? Is the Lord good to all? So that means he's got to be good to you, amen? And his tender mercies are all over all his works. He mentioned mercy twice in those two verses, amen? So that must means he wants to be merciful to you. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's it, stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. Never slacked up, not for a minute, all the days of our life. If you said that goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life, Father, then you've been faithful to ensure that goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. Father, we thank you for watching over us, Father, and every step that we take for assigning your angels to our lives, Father, to watch over us. You've been faithful to do that, Father. You've been faithful to watch over your word, Father, to be sure that it's performed exactly as you intended in our lives. So, Father, we thank you. You are the faithful 
high God. You are the faithful high priest, Father, in our life. You are faithful, Father. All my life, Father, you've been faithful. Lord, even before I knew you, you were faithful over my life to watch me, watch over me, Father, to protect me, Father, and guide me into the path of salvation. Father, you've been faithful from the day I breathed my first breath on the earth. And Father, you will be faithful until I breathe my last breath on the earth. Father, there'll not be a minute, an hour, or a day, Father, that you will not be faithful over your word in my life. Father, I take great comfort in that. Father, regardless of what the enemy brings my way, when I look to you, you are always faithful. Father, the enemy is not even faithful over his evil works. Father, you are faithful over your good works. Father, we thank you that you are the great God of all of our lives. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, from the very moment that I wake up each morning till I lay my head in the evening, Father, you are faithful every waking moment, Father. And Father, when I sleep in comfort each and every night, I know, Father, according to your word, that you never sleep. You are faithful even when, when I'm sound asleep. You are faithful to watch over me and to protect me. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your greatness, Father, and kindness. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is, is the Lord faithful? You know, he is. Amen. And, um, you know, his faithfulness should uh, inspire us and motivate us and really help us to be faithful in our lives. Amen. Faithful to him faithful to his word, faithful to his spirit, amen? amen. You know, his spirit will uh, lead us and guide us in all truth, but we have to, if he leads us, that means uh, we have to follow, amen? Right. You know, uh, the devil will drive you, but the Lord will lead you, amen? Uh, and, um, you know, sometimes he'll keep on going, and, you know, and we'll take a left or hang a right or stop, and, you know, he'll just keep on going, Amen. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, he's not going to forsake you in that, but uh, he may be a block or two down the road and, and um, you know, well, Lord, where are you at? And he'd be like, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> where are you at? I'm over here. Why aren't you over here? Well, Lord, I'm over there. Well, that's not where I led you to go. Amen. And, um, you know, there's uh, one thing that uh, the Lord showed me many years ago that I thought was always interesting uh, in relation to that was uh, oftentimes dur during the week as I'm praying, the Lord, the Lord will speak to me, when, you know, when you get to church, uh, say these words uh, to this person, right? You know, whatever, whatever they are. Uh, and then uh, there was a couple of times when I'd get to church all ready to, you know, one time he said, when they get to church, you know, give them all this money in your pocket, right? Like hundreds of dollars that I had in my pocket, give it to that person. And sometimes they'll say, when they get, person gets to church, say these things over their life. I'm like, okay, Lord, I can do that. And, um, you know, no problem, amen. And you get there, and they're not there. I'm like, well, Lord, you know, I mean, and, you know, I didn't think anything about it the first couple of times it happened, but after a while, I was like, Lord, I mean, did you not know they weren't going to be there? You know, he told me to do these things on Sunday, and then I get there, and they're not there. And, and you know, you think the Lord's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't know they weren't going to be there. You think that's an option? That's not an option, right? Uh, and and so, so I asked him, you know, Lord, why would you tell me to do that or say that? Uh, and, um, and they're not there. And he said, he said, my will never changes. My will is for them to be there. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not going to be there against my will, that's not my problem. Yeah. He said, my will never changes. If, if my will is to, because, you know, he set that up from before the foundation of the world. On this day, yes. on this Sunday morning, at this yeah. time, mm -hmm. say these things. Before there was a star in the sky, he, he planned that out for, for that person. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's how much he loves us. Thousands of years ago, uh, in fact, probably hundreds of thousands of years ago, because we don't know when. He's before the foundation of the world, so that could have been a million years ago. Uh, he planned it out. He wanted to say these things to that person on that day. And then they, well, it's, it's it, you know, I'm tired. I, I can't get out of bed. 
Well, you know, that's already on the schedule. Sorry, it's on there in the schedule. I mean, I put that on the schedule before I created a star, you know, so it's on the schedule. And, uh, and, and so and that doesn't mean that, you know, every time you leave, you, you can't make it to church or out of the will of God. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you just roll over and go, well, it's raining, you know, I just, you know, I just, I mean, some days when it's raining, it's nice to stay in bed, right? Just, uh, it's cold and wet outside and um, but, um, you know, the will of God just never changes. Amen. That means he's faithful. If it never changes, it means he's faithful. Amen. He's been faithful over that word that he wanted me to speak to that person for thousands of years. Faithful over it. I've got it all planned out. You know, it's getting closer. You know, we're only a thousand years away. You know, we're only a hundred years away. We're only six years away. Okay, today's the day. And, and, and then they're not there. And, and, and the Lord's like, uh, and, you know, the thing about it is, is those words are spoken by sudden inspiration. Amen. They're spoken by the spirit of prophecy, right? And so they're not spoken because I know them intellectually. They're spoken because the spirit of God moves upon me to speak them. And so I can't speak them next week because if that unction is not there, I can't just say words because the way, the way those things work most of the time, and, and as far as I know, this is the way uh, most ministers explain it as well, you know, a word of knowledge is just that. It's a word, right? It's not oftentimes because he wants us to live by faith. He may only give me a word or a sentence of something to say, but he doesn't give me the whole thing until I start saying it because I have to step out in faith. I have to step out in faith as the minister. I have to step out in faith to, to begin saying those words, and then the Spirit of God will kick in and give me the rest of that insight. Uh, and so if next week comes along, I can't just say the two words I know because there may not be anything after that. If there's no unction, there won't be anything after that. So I can't just step out in faith if there's no unction to do that. And so, well, what do you do? I don't do anything. I just move on. You know, he moves on. I move on. We all move on. Amen. And what'd you do with that money? I kept it and bought something with it. You know, it was, you know, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, you know, the next week, you know, uh, when they, when they were there, there was no unction to give it to them. Uh, and so, I, you know, I'm not rebellious or greedy or anything like that, but uh, uh, I mean, I don't care. Give it all away, you know, but if, if the Lord doesn't say to give it away, I just keep it in my pocket. Amen. Uh, and so uh, are you mad? I'm not mad at anybody, you know, and the Lord's not mad at him either. He's not mad at you, you know, if, uh, uh, if you don't do his will, because uh, then he would be not slow to anger. Amen. He is slow to anger. Amen. Uh, and so. But when you get to heaven, you know, and you ask him, Lord, I needed that money. You know, why didn't you come through? And he'll hit play, you know, and, and he'll say, you right there that day. In fact, he'll, he'll pull up the calendar, you know, show, show when, did I, when did I mark that date? Well, you marked that in 10,000 B.C. Yep, okay, I marked it on that date, 10,000 B.C. That, that day in 2023, I planned for you to get that money. 10,000 years ago, I planned that. Uh, and, and, and now, where were you that day? Well, Lord, you know, I mean... You know, Lord, I just, uh, uh, the, uh, it's the Super Bowl, and I got to get all my crackers ready, and I got to get my cheese dip ready. I, you know, I, Lord, I just, you know, it's so hard, and it's, it's so hard. And, and uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, <clears throat> you know, you should never be condemned. Uh, if, even if you do wrong, you should never be condemned. You should go, yep, that was me, you know, and just move on, amen. Just, it's okay, amen. The Lord's not mad at you. I'm not mad at you, you know. Uh, uh, you know, some people might get mad at me, but don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger, amen. If he says, say it, I say it. If he doesn't say it, do it, you know, it's okay, amen. Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 6. We'll continue there. Uh, the first part of the chapter there, he was talking about being hypocrites, right? Doing things to be seen of men uh, for the goal of obtaining glory from man. Uh, and, uh, you know, for some people, that's important. It's important for some people to be seen. You ever notice that? I don't know why that is. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a character flaw in, in certain people. They love to be seen. And, and Jesus said, well, that's great. That's the only reward you'll get for doing that thing. They, they'll see you and they'll go, wow, I, I saw them do that. And Jesus said, that's it. You mean I don't get any reward in heaven for that? Well, no, you've got, you know, uh, I don't know what you can spend somebody looking at you going, wow, I'm impressed that they did that. How, how valuable is that to you? Some people it's very valuable. For some people they think it's valuable for other people to look at them and go, wow, aren't they a, a super impressive Christian? And Jesus said that's of no value. Uh, why? Because we're made out of dirt. Amen. Are you made out of dirt? You're made out of dirt just like I am. Amen. Uh, you should look in the mirror and go, wow, that person made out of dirt. Not, not worthy to be worshipped. Not worthy to, to be glorified in any way. Amen. Did you create anything? Have you, have you healed anybody with your own power? H have you 
done anything supernaturally in your own ability. No, you've not done any of those things, amen. And even the things you do have uh, were given to you, amen. Uh, and so uh, it's to our advantage to, to look at these verses and to always you know, uh, judge our own heart because, again, can you tell just because somebody does something that their heart is to be seen? No, it's not my job to judge people, amen. Um, and so you just leave it alone because two people can do the exact same thing. One person could be do it for one reason, to be seen of men, and the other person can do it just to, uh, because they love the Lord, amen. And so you can't judge a circumstance. You know, some things, sometimes it may be kind of obvious, but, but for the most part, just leave it alone, amen. I'm not anybody's judge. Are you anybody's judge? Uh, just, I'll just leave it alone, amen. That's between them and the Lord Jesus, amen. So, so, but we need to check our own hearts, guard our own hearts for these things to make sure that we, we're not doing anything with the desire to be seen because uh, the Lord does need us to, to show people his goodness, right? He told us that in, in, in uh, chapter 5, right? Let your good works be shined before men that I may see your good works, right? Uh, so it's okay to be, to, for your good works to be seen, but if, you, if your character right now, wherever you are in this point of your life, if your character would not allow you to do that, it would be better for you to do it in secret, amen? And that's really what he's saying. You know, if you can just do it uh, and, uh, and you don't care if somebody sees it and, and if they do see it, you don't really care either way, then that's fine. But if, for some people, you know, uh, it's better for them to actually do it where nobody will ever see it until they get their character developed enough where uh, if the Lord needs to see you doing it, because, you know, sometimes your good works inspire other people to do good works. Amen. Your good works encourages other people. Well, they did. I can do that. You know, if it's just helping people or giving or, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the good work is, but uh, it's helpful for it encourages you to see that other people are doing those things. But sometimes, you know, we do them to be seen a man and, and Jesus warns us, don't do that. You will, you will have lost all the reward for doing that work. Amen. You did all that work and you got nothing from it from the Lord. Amen. And so uh, that, that we talked a little bit about the, the prayer of faith uh, in, uh, in this discussion here. But then we get down to uh, verse 9 of uh, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and, and so we start what's called, it's called the Lord's Prayer, which is not really an accurate uh, name for that. I don't really care to call it the Lord's Prayer. But uh, he's telling the disciples how to pray, so it's really their prayer, right? Uh, and so, uh, but it's fine if you want to call it the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, by law, when I was in high school, you were required to read this from, from the announcements at least once a week, right? Uh, uh, and so, but, but we, have, we have a little issue with the Lord's Prayer, amen? Uh, and so uh, we should talk about this. Where, uh, where uh, is Jesus, uh, as far as the cross goes, where is Jesus when he's teaching the disciples how to pray? Is this before the cross or after the cross? Before the cross, right? Uh, and so... Uh, when you're studying the Word of God, it's, in help, it's helpful to know when this, a doctrine is uh, delivered to the people of God. Because if it's delivered to the people of God before the cross, that means you've got to be a little careful about any doctrine that's delivered to us before the cross. Because uh, everything changed after the cross. Amen? Uh, and so that doesn't mean that everything before the cross is 100% wrong. Some things made it through the cross, right? Some things made it through there. But things like animal sacrifice, did that make it through the cross? Are we still doing animal sacrifices today? Go home, look at your dog, go, day's numbered, buddy, you know, because I'm going to do something wrong next Tuesday and I need a sacrifice, you know. And you're the closest thing that I've got to a, to a lamb without spot or blemish. You know, I know you're a dog, but that's the closest I got. You know, you're only a farm animal I got. No, uh, we're thankful. Wouldn't that be tough if you had to go home and murder something every time you made a mistake? You know, when Solomon, when Solomon... Uh, dedicated the temple, he killed like 100,000, I think 120,000 lambs, you know, sheep. That's tough, right? Good if you're in a sheep business, but tough, you know, if you're a sheep, amen? Uh, and so, so you've got to be careful uh, and make sure that you don't build all your doctrine on these words, amen? Make sure you look at the whole counsel of God, and if there's anything that's changed in the epistles, because that's, uh, the epistles are the foundation, really, of the church doctrine, Amen. And so you look at the epistles and you say, well, I'm taking the epistles, all the letters written to the church, and do they line up with everything that Jesus is saying here? And if not, then you have to understand, okay, is this something that was just for the transition period? Is this something that, that, uh, uh, that we get to keep or something we don't get to keep? Uh, and so, so with, with that thought in mind, and really, you know, it, it's really, if you go back, uh, it, and it's not just the cross, because 
if in fact, let's turn over to uh, Acts chapter 1. I'll just give you one example here. Really, the doctrine of the church started on the day of Pentecost. And really, from the day of Pentecost until now, nothing has changed from a doctrinal standpoint other than we got the insight that Paul wrote to us, right? But as far as the foundation of, of establishing the doctrine, it was really completed at the day of Pentecost. And, 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 I'll, and I'll explain that uh, why here. And so in Acts chapter 1, of course, this is after the cross, right? So we know that our good friend Judas, uh, well, he's not really a good friend, right? He's a terrible person. Uh, but um, Judas had killed himself. Now they're down to 11 people, right? Uh, and, uh, uh, but from the, from the prophecies, they're supposed to have 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so here then, uh, uh, this was, uh, I think, Peter speaking here. It says, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, Peter stood up there in, in verse 15, but he comes down to verse 20 and says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate. So, so there's a prophecy about Judas. You know, I'm sure Judas, as a, as a good uh, Jewish boy, read uh, the book of Psalms there. This is Psalm, a, a reference from Psalm uh, 69. Uh, let his habitation be desolate, and then the second part, and let no man dwell therein, and, and his bishopric let another take. That was also prophesied in the book of Psalms, Psalm 109. Those are Psalm, the prophecies about Judas. Now, he probably didn't recognize that these were prophecies about himself, but, but uh, you know, they were prophecies about Judas and what he did, that, that he was going to leave his position, uh, and that somebody else needs to take his place. Uh, and so this is Peter reading this psalm. So how did Peter get this? Well, he got this revelation by the Spirit of God after he got saved. Uh, and so, uh, so then uh, it says in verse 21, Wherefore of these men which have company with us all this time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until that same day he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? So Peter's telling us the, the qualifications to be an apostle of the Lamb. There's 12 apostles of the Lamb, never going to be any more apostles of the Lamb. These are only 12. And the, the requirements were they had to be with them the whole time, from the time Jesus was baptized in River Jordan throughout his whole ministry. Someone had to be there and be a witness because the primary purpose of the apostles of the Lamb is to witness what Jesus did on the earth. So that, that disqualifies Paul because some people say, well, Paul was an apostle of the Lamb. He should have been the 12th. But well, Paul wasn't around. He was a Pharisee and didn't like Jesus. Uh, and so he wasn't traveling with Jesus, learning from Jesus. Uh, he was disqualified as an apostle of the Lamb. He was an apostle, but not the apostle of the Lamb. Uh, and we're not going to talk about teaching about apostles today. Uh, but uh, they appointed to, in verse 23, Joseph called uh, uh, Barsabbas, uh, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, uh, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show which of these two thou hast chosen. And that, we, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So Matthias became the 12th apostle. So what, what's this got to do with anything? Well, what's it got to do with anything is uh, how did they decide, how did they determine who should be the 12th apostle? What method did they use to determine this? So they drew, they drew lots, right? Which which basically a straw, right? But it was like a basket of some kind, and they put sometimes the rocks like with one dot on it, and you had to pick out the rock. If you got the dot, then you're the man, right? And so Matthias, you know, they picked out the rock with Matthias's name on it, and it had, a, you know, uh, had the dot or had his name on it, and okay, you're the man, Matthias. And, you know, a poor, you know, who's the other guy? You know, we don't even know who's the other guy, right? Joseph called Barsabas, uh, who was surnamed Justice. So he just had too many names. That's why he wasn't picked, right? He got three names, way too many. Matthias, one name, right? Uh, uh, we got uh, Joseph, Barsabbas, uh, Justice, and Matthias, right? So, so they, they, they drew lots, right? Now this is before, this is in Acts chapter 1. What happened in Acts chapter 2? The Holy Ghost fell, right? And they were baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. So, uh, but in this case, they, they drew lots. So, so they didn't... They didn't uh, they weren't spoken supernaturally by God to who, who to pick. The Lord didn't real, reveal it to them by some prophecy of some kind, who to pick. They basically picked a number out of the hat, right? Uh, and that's how they... And now, their prayer was for the Lord to direct them to pick the right number out of the hat. But see, that, that's what we call uh, putting out a fleece, right? You remember the story with Gideon. He was one of the judges of Israel. He's the one who put out the first fleece, right? Uh, and, and the thing about fleeces, it's interesting because when when... 
uh, when the Lord called Gideon to deliver the people of Israel, he said, I've called you to be, you know, in fact, uh, uh, he called him a great man of valor, right? The, the angel called him a great man of valor. He said, I'm nobody. You know, you should never argue when an angel tells you you're a great man of valor. You should say, no, I'm not. An angel from, from heaven comes and tells you something, you go, you're wrong. Who does that? Everybody does that, right? I mean, all kinds of people, you know, the Lord speaks to them. And when the Lord told Peter, you know, you're going to forsake me. No, I'm not, Lord. Jesus, the Son of God, the, the Messiah, tells Peter, here's something you're going to do. And Peter said, I'm not going to do that. That's the wrong, the wrong answer is, Lord, is there any way I can get out of it, right? That's the right answer, right? Lord, uh, I don't want to do that. Lord, is there any way I cannot do that? You don't argue with the, the angel or Jesus himself. You're wrong. People have done that as long as there have been people, right? Sometimes we think we're, we're way smarter than we really are because they, have to, they picked a rock, right? I mean, because that's about as bright as we are, about as bright as the rock, right? Uh, and so, so the Lord comes to Gideon and says, I need you to deliver the people of Israel and you're going to do all these things. And Gideon's like, oh. now it's a supernatural interaction with, with Gideon, right? Uh, and he's like, I, I, I need some natural proof that this is so. It's just, you know, he just had a supernatural encounter with God, but that's not good enough, right? He needs some natural proof. So he says, okay, I'm going I'm to pull out a fleece. And he does two things, right? The first thing he says, well, I'm going to put out a, a fleece, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, a, a, a lambskin, right? It's lamb carcass. You know, they just take a lamb, you know, they, they shear it and they, they take a skin and that's the fleece, right? And, and that's what I had in my first car. I had lambskin seats, you know, uh, uh, seat covers. Uh, it was really embarrassing now that I think about it. But, you know, back then it was cool. At least in my mind it was cool. Chris said it wasn't cool. It was never cool. She looked at me and going, wow, that's really gross. But, you know, and I don't know if they're real or not, but, uh, but it doesn't matter because they were still gross. But I thought they were cool back in the day, right? Uh, and so we all get to grow up to, don't we? Uh, and so, uh, so Gideon laid out the fleece, right, on the ground. And he said, uh, you know, and, and I may get the order wrong, but the first one was, was Lord, uh, you've you got to have uh, dry ground everywhere, but uh, dew on the fleece. Uh, and if that, and if that's, if I, if I wake up and that's the way it is, then, then you spoke to me and I'm going to go do it. So sure enough, he comes out there, the ground is dry, the, the fleece is wet. He goes, okay, it was God. But you know, it's not good enough. We're going to do it again. This time, the ground's got to be wet and the fleece has got to be dry. And it's like, and you know, the Lord was gracious enough to do that. You know, if it had been me like, you know, I ain't doing it. I already told you, I already spoke to you supernaturally. I gave you a, a, a fleece. One's enough, right? Two things are enough. And, and Gideon's like, no, nah, I, need, I need a third thing. I need it. But the Lord was gracious to do that, amen? And here, here's the thing. That was a supernatural thing, right? It was supernatural to put, you know, to put a piece of cloth on the ground and all the ground is wet and only the cloth is dry or all the ground is dry and only the cloth is dry. That's supernatural, right? But, we, but today, you know, uh, our fleeces are, are rarely ever supernatural. Well, all the lights are red. God wants me to do this. Well, that just could be because it's Tuesday, right? I mean, you go to Dayton, and sometimes you get through every light in Dayton. Sometimes every light turns red twice before you can get through it, right? I mean, I, and, and why is that? Is, is it because God is not smiling down upon you from heaven? No, it's because the lights, whoever runs the lights, hates their citizens and wants to make them as slow as they possibly can to get through Dayton. It's like, you know, just make it where it's flashing yellow sometimes. Like, no, no we're gonna, we hate our citizens. We're going to make them take us forever to get through Dayton, right? Uh, and so I don't know why they do that, but... But, you know, we really dumb down our fleeces today, right? Uh, I mean, we, it's just, well, if they offer me the job, it must be God for me to, to get the job. Well, well, what if they just have nobody? What if you're the only applicant? And they, I mean, is that, is that supernatural? Not even supernatural. It's just, I mean, a lot of it's just dumb luck. I mean, I don't even believe in luck, but a lot of it's just our fleeces today are just dumb luck. Uh, uh, and so, uh, but here's the thing. This is Acts chapter 1. You get to Acts chapter 2. And um, do you ever see another fleece again? Do you ever see where, where people got together where they don't know the will of God and they do some natural thing? Lord, we need some natural thing to prove the will of God. They never do this again. Why? Because now they have the Holy Ghost in them. And the Holy Ghost will reveal to us His will. We don't need a fleece. And you should never do a fleece. As a New Testament Christian, you should never do a fleece. If you do a fleece, you're Old Testament, out of the will of God, and, and, and you're just setting yourself up for failure because God's not in it. He was in the, in, in the, in the lots there in Acts chapter 1 because that's all they had. But now he's, he's retired the doctrine of fleeces. Amen? And yet Christians do it all the time. Well, you know, some doors are locked, 
and, and you know, if the door's, if the door's locked, the Lord doesn't want you to go through that door. Uh, oh, that, that. <laughs> well, well, so what if the door's locked? Maybe he wants you to kick the door in. Maybe he wants you to speak to the door in the name of Jesus and command it to open in, in the name of Jesus. Amen? I mean, you, 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 don't, you don't look at natural circumstances to determine the will of God. We have the Spirit of God in us. He said he, his job is to reveal to us the will of God. He said we can be filled with the real knowledge of his will. If you're filled with the real knowledge of his will, why do you need a dead mammal on the ground to determine the will of God? See, that, that's Old Testament, old mentality. Amen? Yeah, but I'm not going to ask who, who's... Well, if they say, if the bank gives me the approval to buy the car, I guess, I guess it's God's will for me to get the car. Well, I, well, uh, I guess uh, if, if, it, if the car is still on lot, God, God's will is for me to get that car, right? Uh, well, you know, if, if uh, like I said, if all the lights are green, God God's, you know, wants me to get there in time, right? Well, I mean, just, it just, how many times do we do that? And, and I love this one. This one's especially good. Well, you know, if, if, if the devil's acting up, God must be getting ready to do something. Don't you love that one? I've heard that from the pulpit lots of times. You know, uh, the devil's really, really, uh, people are really getting agitated, so the devil's acting up, so God must be getting ready to do something big. Well, maybe people are just being jerks and just being mean. It may have nothing to do with the will of God. It may have absolutely, and I remember someone said that to me at church one time years ago, not, you know, when I was with my pastor. Oh, I, God must be getting ready to do something, you know. Uh, everybody's really uh, being touchy and, and being, you know, just, uh, just not kind to each other. I said, maybe they're just walking in sin. I mean, they may have nothing to do with nothing, right? But see, they, it's like, well, so God's not big enough to tell me he's getting ready to do something. He's going to use the devil to give us hints of his will. Is that the way God, does God do that? But, but we, you ever, all of us have heard this, right? All of us, well, God's getting ready to do something big, right? Well, how do you know? Well, because, you know, uh, all the lights were red, so God's getting ready to do something big, you know? I, I, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I love the, the, with bad things happen, right? My tire went flat, so uh, the devil's just trying to keep me from doing something big that God wants me to do. I don't know what it is, but, you know, the devil's trying to, obviously the devil's trying to keep me from doing something God wants me to do because my tires are flat. Well, maybe you sit and air it up. <laughs> maybe it just happened. Maybe it's just Tuesday. How, how, you're using a flat tire to determine the will of God. Well, I don't know the will of God in me at all because, I mean, you know, I know he lives on the inside of me, but, you know, he doesn't actually speak to me. I know he said he would, but, you know, I've never heard him, so, so it can't be that. And, uh, so it must be, I've got to look at the flat tires, right? How much, check the pressure. Oh, yeah, God must be doing something big. I've got low pressure on my tires. Uh, I mean, it sounds facetious, but we do that all the time. You've got the supernatural, all-powerful God living on the inside of you right now. Everywhere you go, the, the same power that created every star in the sky lives in you right now. Is he not capable of telling you what you're supposed to do? Why are you looking at red lights and locked doors and broken windows and flat tires and mean people? And Why are we looking at anything other than the Spirit of God? Things have changed, amen? And we should, we should embrace the New Testament way of doing things instead of, well, that's hard. It's hard hearing from God. But I can look at a red light with my natural eyes and go, yeah, that's God. You're, you think that your natural eyes are more accurate than the supernatural power of God. It's a sad statement, you know, sad indictment on, on the, the, the position of the church today, amen? We should, we should ignore all things. We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. sight. Well, unless it's more convenient to walk by sight, and then we just walk by sight because, you know, it's easier. Because we think if, if things are, are more obvious in the natural realm, that's better than things that are maybe a little bit fuzzy in the spirit realm. And so we much prefer a red light and a locked door than an unction in our hearts to do something or say something. Uh, and so, uh, but that's, see, that's Old Testament. It's Acts chapter 1. From Acts chapter 2 on, never happens again. Uh, the Lord speaks and people do things, right? In Acts chapter 13, the Lord, uh, the Lord said, uh, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work where until I, I have called them. They didn't draw lots of the five men there in Acts chapter 13 to see who's going to be the apostles that travel and speak. The Spirit of God spoke and said, do this. Acts chapter 1, they had to pick a rock out of a hat. In Acts chapter 13, the Spirit of God spoke to them. These are the men that I want to go do things right now. Uh, and, and you see that all through the book of Acts, right? And from that point on, that's how we're supposed to be led by the church. Amen? So things have changed. Amen? So people will, will build a doctrine 
Acts chapter 1, last time a, a, a lot was ever used by the will of God to do anything. Amen? From Acts chapter 2 forward, uh, it's out of the will of God to use a fleece of any kind. And, and pastors, you know, uh, in certain uh, circles of the church, uh, they vote for the pastor, right? You know, you can't vote me in uh, and you can't vote me out. So, you know, I'm, I'm here till, till forever. Amen? Uh, and so, and, and the Lord could say, I want you to do something different. Fine, right? Uh, but uh, what if you all voted against me? <laughs> I'm still going to be here, right? I mean, you know, it's like, uh, uh, and so now I can vote you out, right? Because I'm the pastor, right? And so don't, don't make me go there. Uh, but some people say, if all of them vote for me 100%, then it must be the will of God. Maybe they're all wrong. Maybe all of it, and, and you know, you think any church has ever missed it 100%? Sure they have, right? If that's, the, if that's the goal, if that's determining the will of God, is if they all vote for it, then it must be God's will. See, there's no supernatural aspect to that. It's just completely natural. Yeah. I remember my, my pastor, did a, he did a test one time, uh, and he was wanting some elders in the church, and, and um, he didn't really like elders, but he needed some elders to do some things. And so he said, so uh, his plan was, I'm just going to appoint elders. But before I do that, I want everybody to write down, you know, like seven names of people who should be pastors. Now, you know, there's 150, 200 people in the church or so, and, and so... Now, you know, we were, we were kind of inside out. Jerry was there too, right? We were kind of inside. We got to see the votes that were cast. And we're like, are you kidding me? They voted for that guy? <laughs> now, I'm not going to tell you who the guy was, but, you know, there, there, you know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I can see that, right? But, like, it was like, that guy, why'd they vote for that guy? He's, like, never in service, right? I mean, time for service, he's got uh, hanging out in the kitchen, you know, just talking to people, never in service, never, you know, never does anything, never, you know, work. He just, and how, how did he get on the list? I don't know, maybe he bribed somebody, you know, maybe politicking. I mean, that happens to churches, right? Hey, you know, I'll, I'll give you a $5 bill if you vote for me, you know, to be an elder. Uh, and he, the point of it was to show that, you can't trust people because we're all stupid, right? I mean, it's not just you. We're all in the same boat, right, man? None of us know the will of God by our own intellect. Uh, and yet people, yeah, vote for that guy. Why would you vote for that guy, right? I mean, there's, there was 50 people that were qualified. That was not one of them, right? Uh, and so anyway, but um, so you can't trust people to make the right decision, but God always makes the right decision, amen? I trust nobody. You trust anybody? I don't trust anybody to make the right decision. Now, you know, I trust people if the Lord tells me to trust them. That's fine, but uh, but... You know, just because somebody does something, I don't, I don't assume that, well, if they did, it must be the will of God. I always check my own heart. Yeah. Lord, is that right? Do, do, is, is it okay for me to follow that? Uh, just because somebody does something has, has no, it's not that I distrust them or that I'm suspicious. It's just uh, the Lord's the only one I trust implicitly. Amen. If he says do it, then I do it. Amen. Uh, and so, so that all of that to be said is that's how you have to study the word of God. You've got to look at the whole counsel of God and make sure that whatever doctrine you're building on, where am I building this doctrine from? So if you're building a doctrine from Acts chapter 1 backwards, anywhere that your entire doctrine is built on from Acts chapter 1 backwards, you need to double-check it and make sure it's accurate, that it still is valid past there. Amen? So in, in, back in Matthew chapter 6, now we're praying. So is prayer still a thing? Do we still pray? Yeah. Well, sure, we still pray. Amen? So, so, so parts of it, at least, you know, is still accurate. Uh, and so... But, um, so we can go back to, to Matthew chapter 6 then. <clears throat> so Jesus starts the prayer here. So I just thought it'd be good to just go through the prayer and see what things we can learn from it, what things we need to be careful about uh, in, in the Lord's Prayer. Amen? Uh, and so uh, let's start here in verse, verse 9. It says, After this manner, therefore pray, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen? So, uh, number one, who is Jesus praying to? He's praying to the Father, all right? So let's stop there. Let's, let's turn over to, uh, to John chapter 16 here. Um, and let's see. Uh, yeah, John chapter 16 is where we want to go to. So John chapter 16. So Jesus says, uh, he's talking about in verse... Uh, well, let's start in verse 22. It says, and, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and, and your joy no man taketh from you. So he was t- he'd been talking a little bit about, you know, I've got to go die, I've got to go to the cross, and you're going to have some sorrow. But he said, but eventually you're not going to have, you're going to rejoice, right? Uh, and so he's talking about there's going to come a time when I die. Now, they didn't like that because they were confused about it. They didn't understand it because they thought Jesus was there to overthrow the Roman Empire. Now, and so Jesus says in verse 23, and in that day, 
you shall ask me nothing. So what day is he talking about? In that day, that day when, when you now rejoice, when I return after the cross and I'm resurrected, then, then things are going to change. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. So why, why are they not going to ask Jesus anything? Well, because right now on the earth, they can ask Jesus stuff, right? Hey, Jesus, can you do this? Hey, what about this? What about that? Well, why aren't they going to ask Jesus? Where's he going to be after in that day? He's going to be in heaven, right? So he's not going to be there sitting next to him. Amen? And he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever you shall ask the Father. So now, uh, did Jesus pray to the Father in Matthew 6? He did, right? Uh, Our Father, which art in heaven. So he's saying you're still going to talk to the Father. Amen? Uh, but he says, you shall ask the Father what? In my name. See, now, back in Matthew chapter 6, he doesn't say, uh, our Father, which art in heaven, uh, in the name of Jesus, and then go on and go on, right? He doesn't use the name of Jesus in Matthew 6. Why? Because the name of Jesus, in the aspect of being the authority of the church, has not been granted to Jesus until after the cross, until he's resurrected. And so, so now Jesus is saying, look, that was great for Matthew chapter 6, but in that day, things are going to change, right? When, after I get done with the cross, things are going to change. Now, some things don't change. We still pray to the Father, Amen. So that tells us in, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, pray to the Father. In John chapter 16, we pray to the Father. So if we pray to the Father, who are we not supposed to pray to? Anybody else, right? Well, what if you pray to Jesus? Well, Jesus, I'm, I, need, I need a few things here. Now, the difference in praying to, to Jesus and asking for things and just fellowshipping with Jesus. You know, we can fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with the Holy Ghost. But if we need, if we need to request something from heaven, who do we ask? We ask the Father. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6. That's what Jesus said in John 16. So what about anybody else? What about like Mary? Is it okay to pray to Mary? Well, is there any Bible anywhere that says pray to Mary? Well, no. In fact, I, I was with a Catholic fellow one time, and he said, well, you know, people get mad at us because we say, you know, we, we worship Mary. Well, we don't worship Mary. We pray to her, and, and I can prove from the Bible that we pray to Mary. There's no proof in the Bible. We just read, you know, those two verses there. We can read all the verses about prayer, and we'll never see anywhere we're supposed to pray to Mary. Why? Well, number one, Mary, she can't do anything about it. Well, she's going to put a good word in for us. That's their thoughts, right? She's going to put a good word. Wait, you think she's got pull with Jesus more than you do? I mean, you're, you're his child, and Mary is really the child. Uh, she's a child of God, right? She don't have any more pull than you do. She's a child of Jesus, but does that give her some special in, inroad to Jesus? Well, no. Uh, and so, uh, and besides that, is she God? I mean, I, you know, uh, you know she, holds no, she holds no special place, other, I mean, uh, other than the fact that she birthed Jesus in the earth, which is special, right? And she's called blessed because of that. But she holds no spiritual place in the, in the standpoint of authority with God in prayer. Uh, and, and it's completely unbiblical to pray to Mary, right? Now, we're not mad at anybody. But, you know, remember what we read in 1 John uh, 5, 14 says uh, that uh, if you ask anything according to his, this is the confidence we have, that if you ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears you. So if you ask anything not according to his will, then he never hears you. So if you pray to Mary, which is not according to his will, did Jesus even hear you? No, so you're actually worse off praying to Mary, right? He's not, he's not, she's not going to put a good word in for you because we're supposed to go to the throne of grace directly, amen? Hebrews 4, 16 says uh, that we are supposed to boldly come to the throne of grace, amen? That we might find grace and, and, and obtain mercy to help in time of need. So we're supposed to go to the throne of grace. Well, I, that makes me uncomfortable. Mary, would you go on my behalf? That, that's not a biblical doctrine. No, you can't have prayer by proxy. Well, you just, you know, just, you know, you, you go to the throne for me. That's not biblical. What about anybody else? You know, the, the, uh, and again, the Roman Catholics are the people who do this most. I don't know anybody else who does this. They have saints for everything, right? Saints for traveling, saints for jobs, saints for, you know, the saint of whatever. They've got saints for everything. And basically, they're all saints because the Roman Catholic Church murdered them years ago, and now we feel bad for murdering them, so now we're going to make them saints, right? I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? So they murder you first, and then after a couple hundred years, they feel bad for murdering you. Now they're going to make you a saint, right? I mean, it's just tough, tough deal, right? How do you get to be saints? Well, first we've got to murder you. And then after a couple hundred years, we'll, we'll feel bad. And we'll, well, that's a bad deal to me, right? But they'll pray to these saints, right, for travel or whatever. Well, there's no biblical basis for praying. Because Jesus said, pray to the Father. Only pray to the Father. If you pray to anybody else, it's not his will, and he doesn't even hear it. So it's, a, it's, a, it's not even a prayer. It's not even a valid prayer. He never hears it. Amen. 
But now he's saying, in that day, you're going to ask in my name, right? He will give it to you. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, back to verse 23, he will give it to you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, or in that day ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So up to now, you have asked nothing in my name. But after that point in time, now you've got to ask the Father. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, you know, we, we bless our food in the name of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, why do we pray in Jesus' name? Because the name of Jesus is what granted us access to come to the throne anyway, right? So we don't come in our own. We don't go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm really good. You, you need to do something for me. I've been good all day. You need to do something for me. Uh, and, and Jesus like, or God the Father would be like, or would you like a list of failures? I mean, you know, you're saying you're good and you're worthy of me answering your prayer. Would you like a list of where you're not worthy? Because, you know, there, I'm sure there's a list somewhere, right? Uh, but see, that's, that would be folly to do that. No, we don't go uh, uh, in our own good works. We go, Lord, I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus. Because what he did, not many I did, but what he did, uh, he granted me access into, into this faith. And so uh, there, there's some things I need because of what Jesus did. Uh, and, you know, if you'll do that, see, then you're asking according to his will. Amen? And if you ask according to his will, then what? Then he hears you. Amen? <clears throat> and so, <coughs> I will just keep, we'll drink some more water here. Um, so, and so that's two, two things really from the Lord's Prayer <clears throat> that we need to know. And I don't know what happened all of a sudden, but um, you got to get me a cough drop there. I guess we just got too excited, huh? <clears throat> all is well, right? So, uh, in the Lord's Prayer, here, we'll take that. We'll recover ourselves, right? So the Lord's Prayer, he starts out with our Father which art in heaven, right? Yeah. Not 100% accurate what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> Amen? Uh, well, we don't go to the, to the Father in prayer. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. So only to the Father, but now in the name of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so that should help us. Amen? Uh, we go to the Father in the name of Jesus. And that is a correct New Testament prayer doctrine. Only to the Father when we need something, not to Jesus, not to the Holy Spirit, not to Gabriel, not to Mary, not to your second cousin lost, uh, second, twice removed, uh, anything. You only go to the Father in the name of Jesus. Amen? And the name of Jesus will grant you access to go in the presence of God the Father to make a request that you have need of. Amen? Now, uh, is that new doctrine? It's not new. That's, that's been around forever, right? It's not anything new. Uh, and so we're in John 16. We can go back to uh, Matthew chapter 6 there. <clears throat> so Jesus said, after this manner, or, you know, using this example uh, to pray. And so, you know, again, we're going to learn the things um, that we need to learn, but then uh, make sure that we, we address it in light of what we know from the New Testament. Amen. So, uh, of course, we know, uh, we talk about Hebrews chapter 4, and Romans chapter 5 says that we have access. Uh, in fact, uh, just be good just to go back to Romans chapter 5 and read one more epistle uh, verse there. Um, and so, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified or declared free from guilt by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, there's no conflict between you and God because of what the Lord Jesus did, amen? So many times we think, well, I've got to be good in order for me to have access to God, that God's mad at me, I've done things wrong. But no, he said that, that we are declared free from guilt uh, and we have peace with God. So God's not mad at you, amen? If, if you're at peace, then he's not mad at you, amen? And you have people all the time, well, God's mad at me. Well, uh, then Jesus didn't complete his work. Now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom or by Jesus also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have access uh, to the throne of grace. We, we, can, we have a, a key card that lets you get into the throne of grace and, and say, uh, Lord, I've got this card that was given to me by Jesus. The work that he did, I have access. I've got a secret card. I can get into the, the throne of grace 
because of, of what the Lord Jesus has done, not because of my good works. And if you'll remember that, if, if you will remember that your prayers are answered and heard because of the work of the Lord Jesus, see, that'll keep you from ever thinking that you're somebody. Amen? It'll, it'll get you out of that rat race of, Lord, if I could just be good enough, you'll hear my prayer. If I can just work enough and make enough potato salad, you'll hear my prayer. Uh, and, and, and the Lord's like, no. I already did all that. You know, the Lord Jesus did all that. Amen? Uh, and so... Amen. The Lord is good, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we have access because of what the Lord Jesus did. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we've got to uh, uh, spend a little time there in Matthew chapter six, but we'll we'll stop there for today, and um, we'll pick this up and see what else we got to learn from it. Amen. Uh, and so, Chris, why don't you uh, close the prayer out the service today, and then uh, well, we'll get ready to receive an offering. Of, of what we've done, not because of who we are, but only because of Jesus. And, you know, just knowing that and when we're praying, it's like, it's, you know, even if we've had a bad day, we haven't done right. If we've had a great day and we've done everything right, either way, we've got access to the throne room of God and to his precious promises. So, Father, we just thank you so much for that access that you gave us. Father, I thank you that we can have peace with you that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love us, that you've forgiven us, and that we can have peace with you, not because of our works, not because of, of how much we've done or how much we haven't done, but because of Jesus. Father, I thank you that, that we'll remember that every day this week, that we'll just remember that we've got that access, and we'll use that authority that you've given us. We'll use that authority um, to, to help people, We'll use that authority to make sure that our body is lining up to the word of God and is healed. We'll use that authority over those thoughts that come to us that shouldn't be there. We'll cast those down. We'll use that authority to advance your kingdom, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for that access that we have that you've given us, that you paid such a great price for in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and let's get ready to receive the offering today. Um, God's been good. Amen. God's always good. He blesses us and gives us so much, and we want to we bless him and, and with our tithes and our offerings. Um, so, Jared, you can come ahead. Um, while he's doing that, this Friday we have prayer at 7 p.m., um, and then we're not going to have our church meal the first Saturday because Brother Randy's going to be here on the 19th, so we're going to have our church meal on the 19th of March. Um, and then uh, Easter will be soon after that, so we'll have to plan that as well. All right. Amen. Amen. God's good. Amen. I love this teaching. I never knew that the, the first verse was slightly out of date on that, the, the Lord's Prayer. So <laughs> so it's good to know. But it, uh, So I'm looking forward to hearing all about the rest of the Lord's Prayer in the next uh, coming weeks. All right. So um, it's great to see you all today. Um, and everyone's dismissed. And we'll see you at uh, Healing School at 3 o'clock.